0: Hello, my curious colleagues. Today, my guest is my colleague, Susan Walsh. Hey, Susan. Welcome to my little podcast. Thanks so much for having me on. My honor. My honor. I mean, like, I think I first met you on LinkedIn, and I just remember you being so cheeky, if I'm using that right, and authentic. that's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get away with a lot. Hmm. And, and uber authentic and I you know you yeah. just drew me in I'm like you know data is such could be a dry subject but you just kind of could spin it and your brand in such a way that it was very intriguing so I'm glad we- I really love what yeah. I do so I'm glad that comes across oh yeah oh yeah don't dial it down if anybody tells you so that's all I have to say This is all about you and your expertise and your authenticity, so do tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, so self-proclaimed classification guru, fixer of dirty data. I live Mm -hmm. just outside London, originally from Scotland. I've had my business for nearly six years now, and I am fortunate to have a team of seven people now, which is (laughs) quite terrifying at times, and we... (laughs) classifying clean data for companies all over the world, the biggest that you've ever heard of, and we're not allowed to tell you who because we can't talk about it.
0: So. <laughs> understood, understood. Very impressive. What did you do before you were cleaning data, may I ask? <laughs> yeah. I. Are you had... probably in high school or something. No. <laughs> oh, no.
1: I'm, I'm in my 40s now. I'm getting on. I'm definitely feeling it. <laughs> uh, before that, I had been working for a spend analytics company and before that I had a clothes shop in Guildford where I live which I managed to run for about seven months racked up so much debt had to close it down um, couldn't even afford to go bankrupt I had to save up for six months to to pay for my bankruptcy yeah it was um, a huge learning huge learning but I wouldn't I wouldn't take it back
0: I hear you. I hear you on that. So if I understand correctly, your your focus is kind of on um, the procurement gang or maybe supply chain it more? Is,
1: it's unusual because my clients are procurement. However, the most engagement I get on LinkedIn when I'm talking about my data stuff yeah. is, is actually the data community. So kind of straddle two worlds, which is quite interesting.
0: Yeah. And although we have that slight difference where you're a little bit more on the, on the functional side, your procurement, I'm pretty much more consumer affairs in CPG. I mean, I think we both agree. um, We're both in that data community, that other side that you hear from and both agree about um, the importance of data integrity. And that's kind of what I call it. Yeah. On my end. So maybe Uh, you can start. Sorry. I was just oh, going to say,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like you said, it's. We've worked in businesses where a lot of the people who deal with data are not necessarily data people, so it's about talking to them in a language that they understand, right. making it interesting for them.
0: Right. Exactly. I I wanted to also just build on that and tap into what what is your point of view on some of the reasons why data integrity or, or removing dirty data is so important in terms of its impact. And maybe you might have an acronym or two to take us through as well. How did you guess? Yeah, oh, nice. so I do.
1: Um, I think if you don't have clean data, d- regardless of which department you're working in, you are open to fraud. You're open okay. to breach of regulations, privacy laws. Uh, you know, and the fraud can be internal or external, um, depending on on what it is you are wasting so much of your team's time who are fixing things that don't need to be fixed in the first place. Um, and really a lot of these issues stem from the point of input, point of entry of that data. And a lot of the time that is not a data person that inputs that information. So I came up with this acronym, the data coat. So, you know, make sure you, your data has its coat on all year round. It has to be C for consistent. So everyone's talking the same date formats, which, even within the same department, different people use different date formats. It's crazy. Make sure everyone's using the same units of measure. Um, everyone's doing the same thing in the same way. So you get the same result. And then make sure that data's organized as well. So have it categorized or classified in by however you need it, whether that's country or region or by marketing, by sales, by finance, you know, if it's there you can then simply pull out the information that you need really quickly you don't have to spend like hours trying to pull a report together then once you have that you really need some accurate data and and depending on what kind of data you're working with will depend on the type of accuracy again that's something that you'd need to decide amongst your team but once you have your consistent organized and accurate data you then have trustworthy data and that is the goal we hear so often about businesses that people within businesses that don't trust their data. And so if we can get everybody just keeping the data coat on, it will make everybody's lives a lot easier.
0: That's so memorable, that acronym. Thanks for sharing that. You know, as you're going through that, you're kind of building, right, on having a really good foundation that ends up with the trustworthy data, which is the ultimate goal. I think from there, in my world, it's like, once you get there and the coat's on, man, that is just step one, right? If you want to run any reports, so in my world, like say the marketers or quality people want to run reports and they want to hear what consumers are saying about, for example, a new product, if that foundation is not there, then- well, the trust has kind of gone out the window. Yeah,
1: but, and and I imagine within marketing, it's so much more difficult because it, especially if you're doing like market research where it's qualitative, you can one, like five people could say the same thing five different ways.
0: Right. Yes. So. And that, ugh, that opens up a whole nother door. Oh yeah. Because let me freak you out with this. I know I've worked <laughs> in some organizations <laughs> whereby... You know, we call it a reason – I call it a reason code. Feel free to use your terms as well. Maybe we can see where they match up. But a yeah. reason code would be the why, the main reason a consumer contacts the company about a product. Again, my example here is new product. Yeah. And um, and you're right. People perceive, especially when it comes to, like, say, food and beverage – they can perceive things that are similar, slightly different, express it differently. And, and it, if you capture it based on the consumer's expression of that, then you are going to have slightly different data. You know, it's, it's regional better. within the UK.
1: I'm thinking um, I, I call a lot of things a tin, but some people would call it a can. Oh, right. OK. And so people might think it's so, two different things, but it's actually the same thing.
0: So that kind of goes to whoever your folks are in, inputting yeah. the data. But then, and in my also, case, I'm, yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Excuse you were me. saying,
1: you know, if people are contacting you as well, something that every data person knows is that if you give them a drop-down menu, they just choose the first thing ninety percent of the time. So you don't even get the right data. Oh. And and when you're when you've got the general public. Filling in the the information,
0: it's even worse yeah well let's let's talk about some of those consequences. Let me stop talking, and you know, what are some of the consequences that maybe you have seen or you're trying to avoid from having data that doesn't have its code on? Um,
1: fixing the same problems over and over again, like every year or every two years because the reality is you can't fix it and leave it. You have to maintain it. So putting your data coat on is not good enough. You have to keep it on. You have to keep working to keep it on. And it's frustrating when you see that the work that myself and the team have done either never gets used or it just doesn't get nurtured.
0: Yeah. I would say there's probably a lot of input into that cleanup process. So let's now take, let's get granular. Take me through, you know, I was asking about consequence. Take me through maybe a situation, the tools that you were using for a client, or if you don't want to get specific, you don't have to give a name or anything, but what would be like a scrappy way that one might be able to, all right, let me take that back. What is a way that your gang cleans up data? And, and if you could give some examples.
1: Sure. Within our team, we use some data modeling software called Omniscope. And that's where we model okay. the data, pull it all together, and then the team classify it within that. But you can do it in something as simple as Excel. It's not the easiest way. It's not the quickest way, but it can be done. It's it, as long as you know how to do it properly. And in terms of the kind of data, I mean, we have classified Spanish food, French food, uh, German food, Swedish food in, in the native languages. We have tidied up databases of people's names that are just a mess. We've tidied up um Material master descriptions, you know, so you might have SCREW, SCW, SCR, all the different abbreviations of SCREW, and then you find out that actually you've got five versions of the same product in your in your database because everyone's named them slightly differently. Maybe some people have put in a material type, you know, if it's plastic or metal and some people haven't and and it gets, it gets all kind of of crazy, but we love um, turning something so messy into something so
0: clean and orderly and usable. God bless you and your team. (laughs) Um, I will say that much. I know that um, I would, I want more. If I was a listener right now, I would say in that example you just shared, let's say, was that in Excel? Are you thinking is that like using a VLOOKUP? That's the only phrase I know. Like, if you let's use let's use Excel. How would you begin to clean some data if all you could afford, it was kind of scrappy, was Excel? Oh. It's
1: funny you say that because I do actually have a book called Between the Spreadsheets, Classifying and Fixing Dirty Data, which does teach people Uh how to do that in Excel. And I've just launched a course as well, um, cleaning names and addresses all in Excel. And I think the key thing to remember when working in Excel is keep a backup copy of your data Always create new columns for the data you're tidying. So you've always got the original column to refer back to. Don't work in really large volumes. If you have to cut cut up your file in whatever way you can. Like, you know, if it's if it's say people's names as a database, do A to N and then and then the rest in a second wave to make it more manageable common things like leaving filters on and then trying to cut and paste things and you end up pasting underneath the filter and then everything's all you know moved up and down and it's all a mess um so all those things you just need to be wary
0: of before you start what's the tip there don't filter or just just sort custom sort when you Um. if you
1: are if you have a filter on and if you're cleaning data, you'll possibly have lots of filters on. Don't copy and paste information. Instead, drag it down with the little there's the little green square in the bottom right, drag it down to to pull like to copy
0: a formula or or something like that. Okay. That's a good tip. Do do you have to use an add-on in Excel to do some of this work? Or is it all like the basic stuff? I I do everything yeah.
1: just the very basics. I think there are so many skilled people out there who can teach everybody about power pivots and macros and and I don't do any of that. And I think there's a real gap for people who just need to know the basics because how can you use power pivot until you understand Excel first just as a simple tool? And And I think a lot of people don't want to say that they don't know how to use excel as you know or they don't know how to use it as well as people think they might i've been on i've run courses and spoken about vlookups assuming that i'm in an audio, you know i have an audience of of data professionals who have worked with all this and i've had questions like what is a vlookups so i'm constantly aware now that not every people don't know as much as you think they do and they're not often going to speak up about what they don't know they'll just pretend so now I just strip it back to the very basics and, and even say you know at the start of the course you know some of this you'll know but some 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 people will not know any of this so yeah. we
0: have, I'll have to start from the same place I appreciate that as one of the as one of the folks who was told how to do a V lookup years ago and then like not sure where my notes are I haven't done it that much so you tend some of that stuff that you know it's gone oh excuse me
1: completely and I'm exactly the same I used it years ago and then didn't use it for such a long time and then people started showing me things like concatenates and I'm like, whoa, what's this? Just getting your head right. I remember how intimidating it was. And now, because I use it on a daily basis, I'm like, oh yeah. But I still remember the fear of forgetting. And then now there's an lookup which is replacing the lookup. So I'm covering off both versions in the course so you can see the difference and see which one's better. Because some people should just go straight into XLOOKUP, but there'll be, you know, hardcore VLOOKUP fans that don't want to change. So, I mean, you know, I'm I'm offering both both versions.
0: When you say course, do you mean the newly launched course or some other that's courses? the one. Yeah,
1: that's the one. My, okay. my online course, okay. Fixing Dirty okay. Data. And what What is it called? Fixing Dirty Data. The Basics okay. of Data Cleaning.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and you're going to give us your contact information towards the end so we can find all that good stuff. I will. I feel like you definitely know your audience and you're not afraid to like just meet them where they are. I think that's I've, nobility. it has been a
1: lot of learning along the way. I always thought I was the least smart person in the room. Okay. And actually, sometimes <laughs> I'm not. And so now I don't assume... That people know more than me or, you know, that you would think people and, you know, like you would expect, I would expect data people on attending my course to know what Ivy Lookup was. It really surprised me when they didn't know. And I thought, okay, so I've misjudged this here. So let's start from the very basics. And actually, if you look out there, there aren't that many basics. And cleaning data in Excel courses out there. Very few. It's all advanced.
0: Yeah. I feel like you may have found a little white space, as we like to say in marketing, a little white Hopefully. space. Which, yeah. Good for you. That's phenomenal. Hey, you mentioned, I'm hanging on every word, you mentioned two <laughs> tools. One yes. you said was, I thought you said Power Pivot. Is that in Excel or is that a separate that's, tool? That's in Excel a power pivot, not just a pivot yeah. table, but a power pivot. Okay. Did not know that. And then the other one, the very first, I don't know where I wrote my note, the very first one that, that you put Omnisco? your gang uses. Yes. OmniShop. And how do you spell Omniscope. that? Do it just, o- OmniScope. M- okay.
1: Yeah. O-M-N-I-S-C-O-P-E.
0: Okay. And that is a tool that i uh, You have to pay for that. Correct. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's, and it's and what does that do for you again? It kind of runs through everything. So
1: we do data modeling Organize. so we can pull lots of different, different data sets together, merge them all. Okay. Reformat them. And then the team will go in and, and classify and do all that mm-hmm. good stuff. And it, it's, it's better and, and, and uh, safer to work with than Excel in terms of, Accidentally cutting and pasting things in the wrong place and
0: all that good stuff. At the end of the day, we're human. That that is why.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's why we have a triple check system. So the team classify, okay. and then gets checked overall by one person, and then I do the final checks before it goes out the door.
0: Love it. Mm-mm. Okay. Because so I like to say it.
1: we are oh, sorry. Go ahead. as you can say we all make mistakes like we make mm-hmm. some crazy ones but nobody gets to see them because we fix them before they get out the door you know that's that's the secret sauce
0: well I just wanted to think about a little bit like say if you're a bigger company no I shouldn't say a bigger company because I don't know what size you're talking about but if you're like say a company in consumer affairs which I've worked for I've mentioned you know you have a CRM system, customer relationship management, mm-hmm. and there's some fields, just sweet, right? And mm-hmm. then you're able to put stuff in. But going yeah. back to that human piece, it's really humans in to a software. And, you know, that's really what the scenario is. And so one of the pieces of what I do is, you know, we do like spot checks and support the data integrity efforts that say, music to my ears a con- contact center. Yeah. Come on over <laughs> that. A contact center might have um, like a team to do initial DI, but then somebody like myself will do just like a p- pass through on an individual or spot check basis. And um, because it takes a village, it really does. And yeah. you know, you don't know whether there was a new system or an, an updated system. And once you moved, you know, we found out like once you change something over here, well, guess what? This other thing over here undoes. And so make sure you, you know, and that's a temporary issue that we have a fix coming. So there's, I'm just throwing that out. It does, it takes a village no matter yeah, what, and you're, what you're working mergers through. Mergers
1: as well. Companies, when they merge or join together is the sure. worst Okay, oh even if that's you had, if you had like two consumer pretty... databases, yeah, they and yeah they've probably got a crossover of of people, but yeah, might depending on the information that's being put into each system, it might not be clear that it's the same person.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. I'll be uh, I'll be curious to see if any of our listeners can talk or comment on that because what happens in CPG consumer products goods sometimes yeah. will integrate. You know a merger or an acquisition, whoops, mm-hmm. and the two contact centers have to pull their data together, and yeah, how do you do that? because there's a I call it a hierarchy, I think you probably do too, where you yeah. have you know right you have like a top level category, then you have all the smaller levels underneath that, and then you get to the lowest level and things like that, and so what does happen when? You're trying to pull that together and bring in historical data. It's fun. Fun. Yes. I'll be curious. Anyone out there have any tips for consumer affairs? Um,
1: <laughs> don't do it, probably. <laughs> don't I just forget
0: it. Yeah. Forget just it. just don't, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think you've given us a really nice overview of some of your your thoughts on data and cleaning data. I think the important thing is no matter what your size is, it's an important, it's noble, it's yeah. a noble task and important that you address it, whether with a scrappy in-house Excel, or maybe you have a CRM tool that got some back-end reports that can help you, but it's important.
1: Yeah. And the longer oh, you leave yeah. it, the worse it will be. Oh, that's
0: some good parting thoughts. It won't go away. <laughs> okay. no. It's not going away? I see. All right. (laughs) Oh, my. Well, we are coming to the end, Susan. And I like to ask everybody this question, which I'll ask you is, do you have a nonprofit organization you'd like to give a shout out to? I do. And it's um,
1: one close to my heart where I grew up in Broughty Ferry. We had a lifeboat station. So I like to support the RNLI, which is the Royal National Lifeboat Institution. Um, It's manned or womaned by volunteers 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year. They go out and rescue people who have got into accidents in the sea or boating, you know, got, you know, all weather, all types of, you know, rescues
0: and things like that. So, yeah. Wow. Love that and so interesting and and just give me the acronyms r n l n i l i yeah four letters dot org right yeah yeah so i will put that in the in our um in my linkedin post and show notes for sure thank you for that um and then my last question is what contact information what would you like to give to um our colleagues
1: come follow me on linkedin that's where the party is like all the time. So come follow me on LinkedIn. And then okay. if you would like to know more about the book or the training course, you can go to theclassificationguru.com and find out more
0: there. Got it. Perfect. And um, thank you again for hanging out with me on a Thursday. Oh, it's so much fun. My time. I really appreciate it. <laughs> my pleasure. If you've learned even a kernel of an idea or was inspired by this episode, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to share out the hashtag CPGCX because CPGCX really and truly rocks. You have been listening to the My Curious Colleagues Podcast with Denise Veneer. Thank you for your time.